It's a circus, folks. It's a circus. What's up, everybody? This is The Rep Revolution, Episode 3, starring yours truly. I'll give my name when it's appropriate. Y'all be so, so surprised who I am. Everybody will know who I am. (laughs) You'll recognize me immediately. Um, yeah, so, I'm using this app called Voice Recorder, and it's, the logo's just a little picture of a tape deck, and it's awesome. I've vetted, like, four or five other apps. It's really cool. If you want to record your voice to, you know, get thoughts out instead of journaling, um, it's a good app for that. If you want to test your you know, your sales skills and, and your meeting and your presentation. Do your presentation on this app. Listen to yourself before you go in. It's so easy to use. It's like using a tape deck. It's really cool. And then I was using this other uh, app called, let me find out, WavePad. Yeah, WavePad sucks. So if any of you work at WavePad or whatever, they suck. That thing's impossible to figure out. Um, this one is awesome. It's just called Voice Recorder. It's like the second option in the App Store on the iOS platform. And it's just a little tape deck. Works just like a tape deck. So, shout out to them. You can use it to to, uh, record thoughts, ideas, presentations, whatever. Um, that's part of the reason I'm doing this, everybody. I just, you know... The corruption in the corporate sales industry is so fuck, so fucked up that I have to get all this shit out, right? It has two purposes. One, I want to get us all together. I want to collaborate with my peers, with my fellow salespeople from all different walks of life. But secondly, it helps. Uh, you know, my my friends, my family, my my wife. They, they they stay away from me because I'm I'm in such a terrible fucking awful mood every day because of this soul crushing shit. So I just spit hot venom on this podcast and I feel a little bit better. So with that said, I'm having a hard time getting getting guests on. Uh, people are fucking pussies. They're scared. Like like I said, we're not even naming names yet. We're not talking about we haven't. No company specific, no, no title specific. I'm not even telling you my name. So please email me or comment. So the app is now on Apple Podcasts. Okay, it's on Apple Podcasts. It's on SoundCloud, and I'm gonna put it on Spotify. So Apple Podcasts is great. All you gotta do is search the Salespeople Revolution. Salespeople, one word. Is that the best name ever? No. Is it a good name? No. Am I going to change it? Probably. And then each episode is called the Rep Revolution with the corresponding number. So on the Apple podcast platform, you've got Rep Revolution Episode 1, Rep Revolution Episode 2, and this 
episode, which will be Rep Revolution Episode 3. I'm trying to stay relevant, people. I'll be honest, I haven't gotten much feedback. I'm not surprised. Um, Just since the last podcast, just since the past week, two fellow salesmen fired, chopped, canned, take this job and shove it. Both of them fucking fired. You are fucking fired. Sounds like our commander-in-chief, right? Um, So, I'm going to break down those two scenarios. I'm going to explain how I'm trying to pump this podcast up with the harmonica and the experience I had with that. (laughs) Uh, And then I also want to talk about some privacy notices privacy and security notices uh i got a doozy it's it's awesome it came straight from my organization and and it was a document that i had to sign uh so i called hr and anyway we'll get into that so i'm going to talk about these two very talented salespeople in my network that got canned this just this week i want to talk about the uh, privacy and and security policy that was in writing, and I want to talk about the the podcast itself and what's needed, the harmonic experience included. All right, so scenario number one: longtime personal friend, uh, longtime coworker, probably the most talented consultative salesperson I know. Adopted the challenger sales method, you know, adopted being consultative, really, really solid, solid dude. Always a top performer, a club, an, a club achiever, always a club, every single year. He comes close to hitting quota every single month. You know, I bet you thought I was going to say he never misses a month of quota. No, fuck that. We know... That is not how we roll here. Those guys can fuck off. If you're confused, see episode one. Uh, but, you know, he is the closest thing to to not missing a month that I know of. Um, so, he is working for a giant SaaS company in... They do employee engagement shit. You know what? Cornerstone. The organization's name is Cornerstone. And they have a product called Cornerstone On Demand. And it's a a platform that a large corporation would buy where their employees can log on and take training, uh, submit benefits, uh that sort of thing. It's an employee portal. Get your check stub. Cornerstone on demand. Fuck them. Be leery. Stay away. Uh, so this person's working there, and um, they spent about eighty thousand dollars in nine months training him on how it takes about a year to close a single deal. Okay? It's a very, very long sales cycle. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different 
departments that are involved, and then obviously it's evaluated at the prospect level. You know, they evaluate the the platform with you know three or four other competitors. It's a long process, okay? So they're they're teaching him how to stay calm and cool, collective, and how to stay engaged with these clients over the course of a year because that's how long it takes to close it. You know, the average time to close the deals are right around 12 months, okay? Nine months in, nine months in, his boss starts asking where the revenue is, okay? The training program was six months long, and it was all about how to handle a long sales process. Then he gets out of training, three months later, month nine, his boss is bitching at him for his forecast and numbers. So, what that means is, on month seven, he started reaching out to clients, okay? And let's call that month, let's just call it June. That means he wouldn't be closed, according to his organization, in the six months of training he just underwent, that means he wouldn't be closing his first deal until June of the following year. So six months of training, his first month is June. He shouldn't have a deal closed realistically until the following June, right? Well, month nine, they ask him why he doesn't have any deals closed. And he literally is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I have things in the pipeline. I'm, I'm working with organizations. You know, I'm, I'm working the deal. I'm doing a job. But, you know, I'm waiting on budgets and all the things that you taught me. Right? It's just a longer process. The sales manager just just fires him for performance. Right? I mean, that's that's insane. It makes no sense. Um, so, yeah. So, he... This aggravates him enough to take a step down on the ladder. Uh, of... If there is a, a proverbial ladder to climb anymore. He, he says, you know what? I want less stress. I want to stay in sales, but I, I don't want this type of stress. I don't want this intense training. So he goes to another organization who I will name nameless. Um, they sell software in a specific industry. Okay. And he takes a at least a forty thousand dollar pay cut to, you know, again, reduce that stress. And it's an inside sales role, um, for the most part, but with that outside sales design. Meaning it, it has a good pay structure. And it isn't just uh, hanging and banging. So he's doing it. He's liking it. He's enjoying it. Uh, and then he starts crushing it. Right? Three months ago, I talked to him. and You know, he showed me his stack rankings. And he's in the top 10% of the whole division. I get a call from him a couple days ago. Saying he got pulled in the conference room by the VP of HR. And his... And his DSM. And they fucking fired him. They gave him the option of a one month severance package. One fucking month. He 
he had closed at this point over $450,000 in new revenue. In brand new revenue. Because it was all, you know, it was all new to new, all B2B. So he writes him $425,000 fucking dollars in revenue. They pay him $56,000-$57,000. You know, he brings all that new business on. And they offer a one-month severance. Is this a fucking joke? A one-month severance. So his options are one-month severance or he can be demoted to a appointment setter. As we all know, appointment setter is a good job. It's a really good way to learn how to how sales works, the importance of it, you know, um, how to orientate yourself with the phone and how to speak to people and when to change your tone of voice and 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 teaches you how to schedule and you know it, it, it's a good job, but it's a job that's an entry level sales position. For a recent college graduate or someone who's interested in sales, that is an entry-level position. So you take my friend, has a very illustrious career, is at Cornerstone, gets the whoopty fucking dupe there, says, you know what, I, I'm going to climb down the proverbial ladder here. I'm going to shoot for something lower in hopes that it'll be less stressful. Finds it, takes it. And then gets gets this deal. Writes writes almost a half a million dollars in fucking brand new business, and then is offered either a month a month of severance or a demotion to an appointment setter. <laughs> That's a real world scenario, and I'd say his name and the names of everybody involved if if he would have allowed me, but I won't. Um, you know. He takes the the appointment setter position because he has to. He needs the money, right? We all need the money. The economy, they say it's doing well. If you're doing well, good. Um, you know, they say it's at its peak, and you got the cryptocurrency doing its thing. And um, that's not the vibe I'm getting on the street. But hey, so so he's he's a beaten dog now, who's been demoted. And, and they don't want him around. He knows that. They know that. But he's he's got to take it, right? He, he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't want to go try and find a new position. We all know what that's like. You know, go out of pocket, fly, drive, do this, meet with 100 people, kiss 100 asses, suck 100 dicks just to get another job, go through their training process, blah, 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 blah. blah. No thanks. So he's just going to ride it out there for a while. Okay, so there's the one scenario. I said fired. I mean, it demoted. It's the same thing. They cut his pay in half. He's basically making minimum wage <coughs> in the salary world. Scenario two, this is a real humdinger. Okay, again, another personal friend and former colleague. Uh, he He's at an organization, gets recruited out. To another position gets recruited out a recruiter contacted him they went through the process determined he would be an excellent fit for their organization right they asked him to leave they got to the offer point 
my friend said, you know what, I, I really don't know. They threw they threw some more money at it, right? Eventually, they threw enough money, enough benefits. He, he, he took the job. He's there 10 months. He calls me two days ago. He's there 10 months. In my opinion, you can't determine the merit of a man, a woman... An adult, a human being, in that in that time span, let alone a salesperson, their tactics, you know, while trying to learn their this new industry, this new process, this new company. Ten months is nothing to these companies. Ten months is you better or else. Apparently, um, you know, I didn't get the exact numbers from him. It sounded like he he was doing his job. He got through training. He was selling. He was hitting his activity. But I, it doesn't sound like he might have been at plan, right? He might have been just shy. Uh, again, this is 10 months in. You never know. You know, I've had positions where I was awful for the first year. But I tasked myself with learning the industry, learning the, the culture, learning the company, the people in it. And then my second year, I was a top performer. So they didn't even... This isn't even even enough time to determine the merit of a man. They come to him and they ask him for feedback. That's it. His boss goes out of town and she says, hey, this would be a good opportunity for you to learn a little bit about what I do. I'm going to leave you some tasks. Do your job uh, and then just get done what you can mine, right? So, which is bullshit she just wants somebody else to do her work so he does his job for the week finishes it by wednesday hits all the metrics hits the number right makes the nut and then he knocks her entire list out she comes back two days later they have a meeting because my friend is the most tenured to 10 reps in or 10 months in again most tenured to 10 months in after the meeting, she pulls him aside and she says, what do you think? You know, they're grooming him for a manager position in his mind. They're asking for his feedback. They, they, they're really interested. Well, he goes, he, he gives her honest, constructive feedback. And he says, I just don't agree with said approach or said, um, you know, whatever it was. He just disagreed. He said, you know, I, I just think there's a better way to do it. Um, I, I, you wanted my feedback, here it is, right? She gets in a tissy fit and fires him on the spot immediately. Right then and there. Like it's 1927. She says, you're fired. I mean, that, that is the mindset of a child. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. You don't like my idea? Get off my property. So... He gives her feedback. She literally says, you fired. And he goes, fucking good. And he, and he says, I need to go to my computer to retrieve some documents. And she says, no. No. In fact, I'm, I'm going to escort you out of the building. This is based on feedback, people. My, my buddy's a cool, calm, collective guy. Right? I know... That this is this is how it went down. So nothing. 
no, no, no signing, no documents, no nothing. You're fired. Get out. <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be surprised anymore. I'm surprised that that one got me. I have encouraged him to seek legal counsel because not only did they break their internal policy, their internal policy is you have to get three write-ups and then be and then you're fired. Obviously, if you drop a racial slur or a harassment or sexual harassment or physical harassment, obviously those those no-brainer things will get you fired. This wasn't one of those. Uh, so they broke their own policy. He, he had never been written up. Then I look up the state, the state's definition of unlawful termination. It's the definition of his firing. Unlawful termination. So I have encouraged him to seek counsel. To get a legal representation. Um, I, if any of you out there have any have ever experienced this, and have any feedback, please, please, please share it. You know, this you can help a fellow salesperson. You might not know them, you might not know them, but it would be of tremendous help. Has anybody out there had a similar situation, or or even a situation where they have filed a lawsuit against an organization for an unlawful termination? What does it look like? How does it go down? Does it work? Um, is it a red flag moving forward in his career? Please share that information. RepRevolution at gmail.com Email me. Let me know. Again, I don't have to say your name, but uh, if you've been in that situation, let me know. So, I told him, it, in my opinion, if he doesn't if he doesn't seek legal counsel immediately, he's going to have a really bad story to tell, right? And a hiring manager is not going to like his story. Second off, he's probably not going to get unemployment. You better, I bet dollars to donuts that that company is not, they're going to challenge the unemployment claim, right? So he's in the process of figuring out what to do there. But that's just in one week, man. Uh, one week, two people. Crazy. You know, I have like four, I have about 500 LinkedIn connections. So when I talk about my network, that, that's what I mean. Two of them in a week. Again, please, any feedback, share it. Help them out. Help out. The revolution. This is how we. This is how we revolt. Help each other. Strength in numbers, man. Come on. All right. Topic two. And I digress. Something less heavy. I listened to the first two episodes. You know, like I did a hundred times or so, and I I shared them with some friends who are musicians and who are writers and you know. A friend of mine is a is a folk artist and a screenplay writer, and then another friend of mine is in a very popular band. So obviously they told me from a, a you know a production standpoint it's shit, and I agree I need to work on that and that will get better. If you hang in there with me, I promise that'll get better. 
Um, but I tried to incorporate a harmonica. And it was like, oh, it was terrible. It was fucking awful. So, no harmonica. I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast that you're not supposed to play music. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm not going to play any music. Because he has like, I don't know, 3.5 million followers. And is probably the most famous podcast, has the most famous podcast right now. And I heard him say that, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, eventually the editing will get better. And, you know, I'll have a better intro. It'll be more scripted. It will be less ums and, and less stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. And I promise to have guests. I I know some very wicked talented people. Um, you know, I've got some impressive career profiles in my family. I don't think I'm one of them, but... Um, everything from a ro- an actual rocket scientist to an editor of a giant magazine. So between them, my musician friends, my screenplay writer friends, and then my very talented network of salespeople, up to and including a former CEO, a VP of sales, and a district sales manager, all of whom said that they will they will be a guest on the show however I've got to get more than three or four people to listen to this thing because they don't want to waste their time and they don't, I don't blame them trust me this, this will be valuable information to hear to hear what's going on from the other side of the table so help help us all help me help us all by commenting feedback like, subscribe, bookmark it, whatever the fuck you do, do it. I don't know. I don't know the nerdy stuff, but just have it so you can listen to it, okay? So we get that out of the way. The editing's going to get better. I'm going to get the guests on, and listening to this is going to get easier and easier over time. Uh, I'm getting, I'm new to this, alright? I'm new, man. I'm new. So... Doesn't that make you feel better? (laughs) Topic three. Topic number three. Privacy and security agreements. I talked a little bit about this in the first episode. um, But I actually have some serious credible data um my the organization i am selling for right now sent me their policy and securities agreement and told me i had to sign it um about 90 days in why they're asking it 90 days is unclear so i read these things and i encourage you to too because I found some some verbiage in there that backs up everything I've been saying for five years. So even if you don't agree, I know I'm not a fucking crackpot. And I'm going to read <coughs> that to you. To prove to you that not only is Big Brother... Big Brother, are you out there? 
Oh, big brother, brother, where art thou? They're not only are they out there, man, and not only are they monitoring and everything, they're they're disclosing it now. So they got fucking jammed up. You know, people th- people used to laugh hysterically at me, say you're fucking paranoid and you're this and you're that. And it's so bad now that they have to disclose it and you, you have to sign off on it. So I read it and I called corporate HR. And I said, there there's some verbiage in, in here I'm uncomfortable with. And can it be removed? You know, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I, I wasn't comfortable with, with what I was signing off on. And very politely, I was told that if I didn't sign the document that I would not have... I would not continue to be employed there. So they literally forced my hand. And I'm going to read you the bullet point or the the area that really jumped off the page and proves I'm not a whack job. Okay, bear with me. Let me find it. Here it is. Okay. So, are you are you ready? Is everybody ready for this? Okay. Said company reserves the right to monitor, access, and review without notification any information kept on any media related to said company or any use of said company equipment for any reason whatsoever, including but not limited to measuring employee job performance and quality customer service. Employees must not have any expectation of privacy while using said company resources. Does that scare you? It should. It should, because it certainly scares me. Again, that's a quote. And let me just read that last line again. Employees must not have any expectation of privacy while using said company resources. A couple problems with that statement. What does One, what does resources mean? I, I, I would assume they're the, the computer that they sent me. But that, that is a guarantee in writing, in black and white, in a contract that I have to sign that goes in a file that says I, I am monitored 24-7 and I am to expect no privacy whatsoever. Get the fuck out of here, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like Alex Jones in it right now, but that is unconstitutional. Their equipment is in my home you know what I mean I work from home I'm a remote salesperson their fucking computer is in my house they can hear every interaction they can hear my dog's fucking fart or a fight with my wife or me talking to somebody else to get out of this miserable shit or me doing this podcast I have to take my computer and I put it underneath my couch in my living room and then I go up to my, my front office there to record these sessions. 
<laughs> and yeah, is it a little paranoid? Yeah, right, yeah. But am I wrong? Fuck no, I'm not wrong. The, uh, the company I sell for is huge. They're fucking huge. So, uh, it's happening, people. And, and you gotta, you gotta really, I don't have anything to hide. That's not the point. That is not the point. I don't have anything to hide. I am uncomfortable with having no privacy in any facet of life, whether it's work, socially, but for my employer to say expect no privacy that is extremely disturbing that means that there they non work related issues they can listen to monitor plug in they can access my microphone they can access my camera they can uh they can literally monitor everything every mouse click every email sent every linkedin message they can read and digress Every email I send. I had an amazing week. I had a really strong week. I closed my first couple deals. And then I had two rock star meetings. That are going to be giant accounts. That will close. I had a tremendous week. But. They they can go look to see my activity metrics. I didn't hit every single activity metric. You know. I was a few shy. Um, so, my point is, their ability to do that, even though I had an all-star week, my, my, my point is, two things. They can jam me up pretty much any time they want. They can, they can jam me up, write me up, you know, coach me out any time they want, just, just by having 24-7 surveillance right oh, oh well uh, he didn't he didn't uh, have this many meetings or he didn't have this many calls or this many touches or this many you know whatever it, it is in your situation so they can look at that and say you didn't have enough this yeah but yeah but I I I shut up you know so that's the first problem the second problem is they can I only see my hiring manager uh, three, four times a year, right? So he's going to base who I am based off of, you know, the surveillance. Um, so, you know, I think this is absolutely fucking crazy. I'm telling it to you guys because I I just, from a, one salesperson to another... I am really scared for anybody who is using their work computer to access their Google account, their Facebook account, their Pinterest account. I don't care what it is. Your, my work computer, I log into nothing. I use nothing of mine on that computer. I use their software only. I'm really worried about my network, my wireless network. So... I log on my work computer. I bu- I jump on my wireless network and then I have to connect to their VPN through a uh, oh man I forget what it's called, but so I jump on the wireless network and then I get on their VPN. I'm curious to know if if because they have access to my wireless network, if they can see 
you know, what I do with my my other devices, my wife's devices, uh, and you know, my my personal computer. So if anybody knows the answer to that question, please let me know. Reprevolution at gmail.com. If they have access to my wireless network, can they? What can they do? Any tech guys, let me know. Okay. So again, don't do not please do yourself a favor. Don't do anything personal on a work issued desktop, laptop, device, anything. Um, again, it's not that you have something to hide. It's that's your privacy. You know, we're as human beings, we it's in our nature. There are secrets we all have that we want to remain secrets. There are things that that I'm okay to share with my wife and my friends and my family and the people I love. But I'm not willing to share some those things with my employer. You know, it's not that they're bad or or criminal. I'm not I'm not comfortable sharing intimate details of my life with the fucking guy who signs my paycheck. I mean, can you imagine? I just read you that verbiage. It's it's real. Fucking Watergate shit. I take that back. I really don't know what Watergate's about. I mean, I mean, I know it's about, but ah. Uh, you know, I, I recall a story from a couple years ago from the CEO of Apple and the FBI trying to unlock a criminal's phone, and, and the CEO told the FBI to go fly a fucking kite, and he beat it. You know, and I, I remember thinking that was really cool. You know, even even though this guy is a criminal, it's still, once you give a mouse a cookie, and this guy got, the criminal got jammed up anyway. They didn't need access to his phone. They figured it out by doing police and detective work that they've been doing since the dawn of time. But he, he said no. And he was crucified for it. But he protected that first level. That first level of defense. He said no. So, you know, privacy, man. It doesn't mean that you got something to hide. And if you're okay sharing the most intimate details of your life with your employer, you're fucked up. You get, something's fucking wrong with you. It has nothing to do with being squeaky clean or not. Um, you got... You got a problem, bruh. And if you're okay with it, a company and and looking and listening and seeing all your data, you know, you might want to hop off this podcast. Um, so yeah, people. That's podcast number three. It's going to get better. I promise. Stick with me. If anybody can help me out with the, the labor lawyer and the unlawful termination... Please let me know. Email me, reprevolution at gmail. If anybody knows the question to that to that wireless access that they have, let me know. Um, my company has access to my wireless network. I use their VPN to log in. Can they, now that they have wireless access, can they just see everything else anyway? Please let me know if you know. You know, the Internet's a sketchy place. Um, you can't get definitive answers, so... Someone with experience. That's it, folks. 
It's a circus out here. The Rep Revolution. Let's do it. Alright, y'all. Thanks. Doesn't this make you feel better? Bye-bye.